The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. We're back for another week of great rugby chat thanks to theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate and your home of the biggest and best rugby discussions kicking around. Uh, great to have you on board for another week. Don't forget to tell us what you think under the new episode page every Wednesday on the Raw or hit us up on the socials or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me this week and every week and he's done it again. He's found yet another secret column in the podcast travel budget to that I didn't know about, but he's coming from a different location in London. It's frequent flyer, smooth persuader of podcast accountants, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you? Uh, how's it, Brett? It's so good to see you again. <laughs> is, I don't know how you're doing. Be, this is going to be, uh, you know, you just I, don't, don't, never answer any questions. I'm not asking questions, clearly. that's Maybe <laughs> that's why you're in London and I haven't moved. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Um, I'm looking forward to this week. This, this is going to be a good chat this week. Yeah, me too. I've, this is actually, um, this guy's kind of a hero to me. You know, he's, this guy we're going to have on today, it's like a guy who plays water polo if water polo was played on ground. That's, that's what I think <laughs> when I see him. You know, um, he's the kind of guy actually, so for his, first of all, his name rhymes with baloney. And during the World Cup <laughs> final, which was the greatest single sporting event in history, in the yeah. middle of it, somewhere along the line, he's, he's trying to say who's doing what. And he says, chopped down by you-know-who. And I know for sure he didn't remember the guy's name. And he's doing a cover, right? <laughs> it's Damien Dialende. Yeah. He never actually tackles anywhere outside yeah. his 12th channel. Uh, a, good, a good journalist. This guy never... is a, he's a champ. A good journalist never reveals sources and a good commentator will never admit something like that. Um, I've been really looking forward to this chat since he first said yes a couple of weeks ago. And then right on cue, he produces this piece of comedy gold on the weekend. O'Connor looking to get it long now, come short. Paisami's there. Paisami with a ball for Connor Vest. See my vest. See my vest made from real gorilla chest. This sweater, there's no better than authentic Irish setter. See this hat. Uh, it's a massive welcome to the Raw Rugby <laughs> Podcast. The new voice of Australian rugby, Sean Maloney. Hello, mate. How are you going? Hey. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a very kind intro. I, I like that Harry has had time to dial in from his medieval castle that he had clearly been visiting during the week. Mate, I thought you were at the Macbeth Castle. Honestly, when I saw the photo that you tweeted the other day, I, th- I was expecting Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand to come stumbling down the stairs. Double, double, boil and trouble. Uh, scariest place in the world. A hotel with nothing, no one in the, in the, in the lobby. Like, no one. You know, you go downstairs and it's just absolutely nobody. You're just living in a castle. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. Now it needs to be pointed out, and I am going to post this this on on the socials if you if you if you're following us. These two are twins. It is like yeah. it is. If it's you, uncanny. If, yeah. Look, I tell you what. If you threw in Andrew Swain, my colleague, <laughs> yes, from Stan, indeed, indeed, another bearded, bald headed, big fella, um, it would literally be Spider Man No Way Home, where there were three <laughs> Peter Parkers. <laughs> Oh, it's a new it's, it's a it's a new film called Bold and Boulder. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It's great. I've got to ask you, mate. See my vest. Was it something you've had ready to go for a while? 
I'll tell you this, and and I'll tell all your wonderful raw listeners, I never, ever, ever write down lines. I yeah, refuse right. to write yeah. down yeah. a line because if you write a line, it's too contrived and you're not good enough to get the line away yeah. off the top of your head. So there's obviously, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from uh, a lot of music, a lot of movies, a lot of Will Ferrell yeah. movies, um, <laughs> things of that nature. And Friday Gone was the first time I've ever been able to uh, sort of seamlessly throw in a Simpsons clip. I grew up, I grew up on Super Simpsons it's... Saturday and Sunday through the late 90s on Fox, where I just sit with my brothers, my mates for hours, and then throughout early 20s, hung over just watching Simpsons episode after Simpsons episode. And it just worked the other night with yeah. Big Connor. It was made from brilliant. Real Gorilla Vest. <laughs> it was brilliant. Has has he heard it? And I know, I know, you and Connor sort of went in similar circles in the Northern Beaches rugby scene. Does it, has he heard it? Do you know? Uh, not sure. Some of them do listen. It's funny that some do listen to commentary, some don't. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I try to be overwhelmingly positive with yeah. all the guys that I've commentated and have done going all the way back since you and I first started walking in these circles because the, I guess the unique thing with what we do at Stan and even back at Fox was you had to be able to then ring a guy or message a guy and go and visit him in his house or meet his family or do a behind-the-scenes story as well as commentate. So yeah. it was never any... I never had any inclination to get down on guys. So um, pumping them up and having some fun with along the way has always been the go. So I hope he's heard it. He should have heard it because we <laughs> pumped him up deluxe. And he and you know what? He had a great game. He did. Connor had Connor had a stormer of yeah. a game the other night against the uh, Rebels. He's been he's been fantastic. And that, and that That's so prison, good to see him. That prison haircut. That prison haircut in the corner Wow. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks straight out of the Sons of Anarchy cast. There's no question about that. But that's not befitting of the sort of guy he is, but he looked terrifying. <laughs> so so Sean, have you have you have you always been a commentator, like in your family and the family drives? You know, you in the back seat going, Father Maloney is uh, taking a left turn. Uh, Bold decision like, to turn left. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing shoots me more than people who are social commentators like that. You know, people and a lot of and a lot of them are iconic voice of Rabs, you know, as well. And they're yeah. like, oh, Lafey picks up a couple of snags off the barbecue and spins them around and throws them on a couple of pieces to wonder yeah. what. How good's he going? It's like, no, mate, he's not going well, neither are you. He just put some snags on a piece of bread. Stop doing what you're doing. So no, bless your question, Harry. No. I never did that. <laughs> Mom's coming around the corner. She's going to give me a hiding. I'm hiding under the bed. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's good to know. <laughs> what about what about styles, mate? I I, I found a. I was looking back through it. Um, I was looking for a particular highlight a couple of weeks ago, and mm. and hit play on this clip, and straight away I went, "Who's the commentator?" And it was a good 10, 15 seconds into the clip before I realised that's. Sean Maloney, early days. So mm. your style has definitely changed. How how has it evolved? How have you found it's evolved? Do you know what I think? Because it's now I think we're up to a decade now uh, of me doing Super Rugby. It has been. It's been a decade, and in those early days, I, I guess style was similar. But over time, your control of voice becomes more refined. Yeah. You work out different ways to raise it and drop it and raise it and drop it. Um, there's more depth that comes with it with age as well. And obviously your vocabulary 
over a longer period of time becomes more and more enhanced as well. So each of those things sort of on top of it. So you sort of have this baseline. Um, I guess it's just your personality and character mm. that you get rolling with and you never compromise on that, but then you look to refine it and get better and, and hone it, I guess, is probably the best way of looking at it. Mate, there are still clips that I've listened back to. There was the, the one popped up the other day where it was... Dean Mum's running against the Sharks uh, back oh, yeah. in 2012 yeah. where he face-planted, I think it might be Marcel Kotsier in cover. Mm. And uh, listening back, like you say, like I almost don't, rec- don't recognise it because it's just you- your voice is at a different wavelength and yeah. the excitement's still there and all that kind of thing, but it just sounds completely, yeah. completely different. Yeah, it's, it's so I, I was thinking... Yeah, I was thinking what I what I like about some of your recent commentary is that you actually use the players' names as devices of drama, like uh, Uru, Uru, Uru. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. and uh, because I mean you're watching TV, so you can see what's going on. But you did this actually with Colby, Cheslin Colby. I mean, the minute you said the word Cheslin Colby, here comes Cheslin Colby towards the fence, beats a man, still going. Cheslin Colby, Cheslin Colby, South Africa, the cup is theirs. Yeah. I mean, that that name itself, of course, you just let it be. Very interesting. Yeah, and, and even off the, even in that same game, uh, Harry, with the uh, Mapimpi, no, Lucanio Am to Mapimpi yeah. uh, tri-assist where it was a selfless yeah. giveaway and the energy inside that stadium was just so electric. And as you guys would know, one of the golden rules of commentary is to let it breathe and just to check out. Um, that one was so easy. So it was uh, arm to Mapimpi. And then I just go, I just said, oh my. Mapimpi, Mapimpi put it in behind for arm, arm, Lucario, back to back to Zoli, Mapimpi, oh my. The crowd was just pulsating through our headsets. Um, so you give it that long beat and then pick up on the other side with a score reference, I think, on the other side of that, or there's the first try of the game or whatever it was. But, um, yeah, the bits that everyone remembers are just that little bit up to and then that little snippet of crowd on the other side. What about, um, what about names, mate? And I, and I think I know the answer to this because I'm finding it myself. There's a new expectation around pronunciations and, and, getting, <clears throat> and getting pronunciations right and not just going for the lazy... Anglophiling of of names. Mm. What are the what are the hard teams? Give us an idea of how much work you're putting into some of the teams these days. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, the the hardest for me ever was almost the left side right side brain with the sevens, and and you, you learn the hard way. So if you're doing South Africa v Fiji, that's probably the two. They're probably the two hardest to do at the same time because you're tweaking, as you guys know, you're tweaking on the Fijian side, the C becomes a TH, GNG, QNG, all that sort of stuff, N before the B, N before the D. And then on the other side of the South Africans, you're changing it like what would be, you know, as you would know, Harry, van to fun, you know, and the G becomes a H. So it's a complete separation of brain, basically, to be able to, pronounce both those sides spot on so what i'd used to do with the seven stuff um was i'd tear the team sheet in half and at half time i'd switch them around so that i had the fiji team on my right and then obviously the south africans on the left so yeah that helped sort of condition me i think a little bit so now we when we step into super rugby pacific it's a whole lot easier um 
to get those right. And we've had a lot of help as well from uh, Moana yeah. Leilua, who works at the Rebels, and she has been really proactive in, in teeing us up. But I will say this very quickly. Uh, it's interesting because you have some guys who want their names pronounced the correct way uh, in line with their heritage, which we are happy to oblige with yeah. uh, always and go to every effort. And I can tell you this, like Sky New Zealand commentators, uh, Stan Sport, nine commentators all take it really seriously, nailing that down. But then there are other guys like Izzy Parisi. So the correct pronunciation, well, not the correct pronunciation, the, the way that uh, it should be pronounced according to Moana is uh, like uh, you put an H after the E uh, all the way. Through. So Parese, basically. So Izzy yeah, Parese. Right. Yeah. Yep. So then yep. before their first game against Fiji this year, I, I had Tobes at Media Manager. I said, can you just ask Izzy how he wants his name done this year? And he goes... Parisi, mate, how else would you have it done? <laughs> so you still get guys yeah, yeah. who want it done, like you say, anglified and others who prefer the the more in line with the heritage, which we're yeah. happy to oblige with both sides. I've, I've found, and I'm sure it's the same for you, I've found over the years that there is a lot of the guys, particularly the Polynesian guys, and they're just so polite that they don't want to correct you. And so even mm. if you say to them, is it Parisi, mate? They go, yep. And it's it's yeah. it's it's interesting and that's it's their nature i suppose too it is but uh yeah easy easy was steadfast like he's like he said call me easy parisi and then tag on the end sickest bloke out there and i was like yeah. <laughs> good for you Iz. good for you but uh no we get a lot of help and uh we take it really seriously getting that right for them and if they're happy we are too yeah is it good when you get the feedback and the, and the to, and they and they and they appreciate it uh, you know what? I, I got a rant. Actually, I copped a lot of shit last year um, on Instagram of all places, which is meant to be, you know, a fairly safe place from just random dickheads ripping into me over uh, Marika's pronunciation. Yeah. So I went Corinbete, yeah. and people would just pay off. It's like, oh, where do I start? Like I yeah. sat down with a guy. And he told me to my face yeah. with his own lips how he wanted his name pronounced, and I'm replicating that for him. Like, yeah. get a get a clue. So yeah. uh, even when you get it right, you still cop some sting. Conversely, on that, and I know you've got something to ask you, Harry. Conversely, I just took a little picture of my of my cheat sheet before the Fijian and Drua game against the Brumbies, mm. and that went nuts on Twitter for about a week. Mm. It was, it was, it was really, it was really heartening actually. It was really cool. And where that feedback come from, from overseas or from yeah, everywhere, everywhere from, mate, from honestly, regulars, from overseas, yeah. oh, big, big Fijian contingent. Yeah. They loved it. Yeah. Yeah. No, they mate, honestly, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to get over to the islands, but they're just such awesome people and they yeah. are so passionate about uh, sevens, fifteens and Fijiana and uh, Fijiana women, sevens too. Yeah, so I'll give you a tip on pronouncing Safa names. It's you just yes. pretend you're gonna you're gonna spit. You, you kind of draw in like Lord, Lord the Yacha, and it's like a Pooh. there it is. Yeah. Easy. It's almost a shame Double they're game. no longer in our comp. <laughs> Harry, what was the name of uh, the former back rower with the Springboks? Was it Ruben Kruger? Yeah. Was it was Which, it Ruben Kruger? But but in Afrikaans you say Kruger. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, so Rod Kayford used to tell me this great story about his early days of broadcasting with Fox where he was post-game interviewing him down there in Canberra 
and he called him, you know, next up, you know, Ruben Kruger. What are your thoughts on the game? And he goes, my name is Ruben Kruger. Hey, <laughs> Freckins, it was the most awkward, like, standoff silence. Maybe like, okay, Ruben Kruger. How do you respond after going down by 60 with the cats? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. So, yeah, here, so what's interesting, what's you know, similar about a lawyer and a commentator, uh, you can actually play a game, and I, I think, think you might have played this game, Sean, where one of your friends dares you to a, a list of unrelated <laughs> words and you say get squeeze these into the commentary sausage like Sandra, yes shower cap polo stick yep yeah uh you know tell me the truth ever ever happened with you uh look i've seen it go horribly wrong so i try to stay away <laughs> from that i won't name i won't name a former colleague who used to make a real go of doing it um and would engage the ob truck and get them to give him names or sorry words rather and uh, it, it went horribly pear-shaped. And then I, I further learned my lesson on that front, Harry, when I was part of the inf- now infamous 2016 uh, England v Australia post-game press conference that saw my colleague Stephen Hoyle, uh, Stephen Hoyle's rather chased off Twitter, <laughs> chased out of the press conference, uh, lambasted by Eddie, by Eddie Jones, Jones, lambasted by every single member of the English press. <laughs> and uh, basically, we had to offer an on-air apology to Eddie and the rest of the England team before our first show at the time. And that was the first time that had ever happened. So I don't think I'll ever be playing word bingo again. <laughs> Drove That's him into funny. coaching. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad it was. <laughs> Give our listeners an idea when you're actually doing the game. What do you have in front of you? Postcards, notes, um, uh, some kind of like screen or what? What's happening? Yeah. Okay. So we have a stat screen in front of us that helps with possession, territory, uh, scrums, penalties, that kind of thing. It doesn't keep a live feed of tackles, which is a bit of a bugger. It does keep an eye on, I think, carries as well, which is a massive help. So that's one screen we have. And the rest is just handwritten notes. So uh, if I'm doing a new team, it'll, it'll be really um, studious. But once you're sort of six rounds into the season, like I can yeah. sit there and do yeah. – I could probably do both the Rebels and Reds game last week without numbers on their back, to be, to be yeah. truthful, because I've been lucky enough to call so much of both those teams through the first five rounds of the year. Then you have those reference points of what happened in their games earlier in the year, what happened last year. So that comes a lot easier, yeah. but a lot of that will change around uh, test matches or if I'm doing new teams. And the other thing as well I like to sort of incorporate – you know, the broadcast is sort of that knowing that not everyone has the same amount of time, like the three of us to sort of sit there on Twitter or sit there online and read up on all the stories throughout the week. So if I can have lines in there around a guy resigning or, you know, things sort of so I can recap and dot point a week in rugby inside the broadcast. So if you're, if you've got a real job, um, which is what I don't have, um, you don't have to go anywhere else. You can just sort of sit there with a the TV yeah. on and go, oh, shit, I didn't realise he was there till 2026. Yeah, that's the cool thing. And that's the the ability. I I remember doing the first time I saw Rich, uh, did a, we did a game down here in Canberra for, for ABC Sport and Richie Arnold and Rory Arnold started together. And we joked with Dan McKellar about in fact we did a trial game earlier and I joked with Dan McKellar about don't you dare send them out in the same number just do Mm. not do it but from that trial game I remembered that one of them had just a different colored stripe on his black boot 
And that was the only way that and the number on their back was the only way we got the difference through the year. And that little tidbit from a trial game in February kept us going got for six through. months. Yeah. Yeah. So if they change boot sponsors, we'll bug it. But <laughs> <laughs> what about um... – I mean, sometimes your brain does glitch a tiny bit. Like there will be moments where guys who look similar um, yeah. quite often – Will uh, trip up on Jerome Brown and Pete Samu at the Brumbies, for example, because well, you'll, if, yeah. well, if they're coming, if they're so, let's say they're on the forty, uh, running right to left, for example, I can't see the number on their back, and their hairstyle is so similar, their running style is so similar that quite often uh, I'll have to correct on those two because yeah. you just do get that moment momentary glitch, but you can you can fix it pretty easy. Well, next time you're doing a Brumbies game, mate, keep just have a look at how absolutely identical. It's like you two. Have a look at Nick Frost and Ed Kennedy. They are yeah. dead set twins. Yeah. yeah. And if one's wearing six one and one's wearing five, holy moly. Um, mm. TMO moments, red card moments, mate. How do you how do you try and handle them? Do you do you try and let the referees tell the story? Do you try and state your opinion up front? And I do remember one only a couple of weeks ago your first glimpse of it, you just straight away just said, that's red. Yeah, I think that might have been the Sui Lama head yes, check it was. on yep. slips yep, up, at, uh, up at Suncorp. Yeah, so that one that one for me was quite clear. There's just There are other moments in games though, that I get frustrated with because I kind of side with the viewer in that I like the idea of common sense applying to games yeah. or common sense applying to... Uh, officiating rather than being steadfast in the rules. So uh, in that same game, Cam Clark was given 10 in the bin for the, yeah, uh, intentionally slapping the ball yeah. down. Um, yeah. And I think Tate got nailed. I think Tate McDermott got nailed for the same thing against the Waratahs. He did, he did, yeah. he did. But yeah. then a week later, uh, it was play on. There was an, an identical incident happened at the almost the same part of the field where it was just play on. It was in the Brumbies Fiji game. So, and then rightly that nothing, nothing came of that. So yeah. I get, I get frustrated. I don't mind saying I get frustrated when a game becomes stop start through over officiating. I'd rather um, be on the side of the viewer where it's fast paced, where there's ball in play, yeah. where if they get something wrong, um, I don't mind so much, you know, like our referees are really good referees. Yeah. We've got a huge, um, wrap on obviously Nick, Damon, Gus, all of them, uh, Graham coming through too. So, all those guys, guys, I rate really highly. I just wish they were given the uh nod, I guess, from the Northern Hemisphere to officiate the game in Australia in a manner that fits what our viewing yeah. audience wants. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a do you think there's an obligate or if there's a criticism that commentators don't know the laws and that's the easy one that gets thrown out, do you think there's an obligation mm. that you should be, you know, word and verse across the, whatever it is, 24 laws of the game, or at the very Mate, least sit down with the, with the referees at the start of the year and say, how are you actually going to look at this? Yeah, well, that's what happens, mate. I'm in regular yeah. um, contact with the referee's boss in Australia. So yeah, right. um, I'll, I'll, I'll message him live through games and he'll come back to me and say, pull your yeah, head right. in or, um, or yeah, maybe that could have gone another way. But, yeah, yeah. We, we, I'm, like, constantly in, uh, in dialogue with, with him and 
back to your question around knowing every rule, mate. It's there. Have you seen how many laws yeah. there are in <laughs> rugby? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's no. There's, tell you what, there's no time for the raw podcast for me to pop on and say goodday. <laughs> if I'm, I'm serious about yeah. learning each and one of every one of those. Let's just get your laws, your, your thoughts on law eleven point twelve. Yeah, sub clause six point three. Exactly. Brett, exactly. Brett, Brett, you're a, you're a halfback. You're talking to forwards. We, we never understood. We never understood the laws we were playing. Yeah. Hey, Shawnee, exactly. I, uh, I grew up on radio commentary and there was a guy, old Afrikaans guy, so tricky. You know, we called him a skellum. And he would say something like this. And you'll actually understand the Afrikaans, strange as it is. Nas puta, niem diskop, that is hook genoeg, that is lang genoeg, is a prachtige scope, is mooi, is lekker. Ah, maar hij heeft het gemis. You know, in the whole names, time, names like, that just roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what he was doing was he was saying, "Nice Buta takes the kick. It's beautiful. It's high enough. It's long enough. It's the most, it's the prettiest uh, kick you ever saw, <clears throat> but it missed." And radio, radio commentators yeah. had this uh, ability to actually fool you. You were saying you were kind of an advocate for the viewer. And now, in radio, mm. it was almost the other way around. Tell your story, paint the picture, where the wind's going. But also they have the advantage of uh, time and space to kind of fool you. So I wondered if you ever were a radio commentator and also how do you see the two things differing, you know, when you're TV versus radio? I, uh, I think radio is harder. I think radio is infinitely harder. I think that reporting for radio is harder. I think that commentating radio, I think that hosting podcasts is harder than doing anything on TV because you are Can you just make, can I just get you to send an email to my bosses? Yeah. I will, <laughs> along with a along with a pay request. Yeah, um, truly, because it, it. I mean, you have to be more. You have to be more intelligent because you yeah. need to be able to stream all words together. You need to make them more engaging than you do on TV because you don't have that reliance, Harry, on the pictures. Like I like I went back to that moment earlier around when. Uh, when uh, Marcus Oli Mapimpi scored in the World Cup final, if I just stopped talking on radio, what would happen to me, Brelly? Get a- yeah, the dead air, not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dead air, not going to play, but we get that luxury. So, mate, I, 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 I admire people, HJ, who can, uh, who can work that medium. I'm like super respectful and, uh, and really rate them. It's good fun. I love it, radio. I absolutely love it. And the one little advantage that we've got is that, we don't actually have to correct ourselves if we call the wrong player. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I've lifted the lid on that, haven't I? Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. Who you know who? You know what? who? <laughs> yeah. Oi. Just on that. <laughs> Here it is. You muppet. <laughs> I know who it was because you know who. Because in that World Cup final, and then in the in the semi final against Wales, the bloke had dropped about eight. The bloke had dropped more people than John Wick. So when I say you know who, it's because it's the bloke that was from South Africa that had killed everyone on the way through. Uh, it's so yeah, good. And, and it doesn't need a name. He's if you want to know, he's one of the strangest players in South Africa. One of the strangest cats. Very fun, cool guy, but very very strange and weird. And he goes by Dugs. So mm. hey, there you go, yeah. Dugs. What about um? You got your footing in, in Fox. You did all the um. You, you found your way through through Super Rugby. You started as a producer, rugby producer for mm. Fox. Then started commentating, started doing sevens, and then pre-COVID even you weren't even a victim of COVID. You you un- just were unfortunately in the wrong place at the wrong time at, at Fox. What did that? Yeah. What did that eighteen months or so out of the game 
teach you about commentary and what did you learn and what are you using now still from that tip? That uh, that's a really good question. Uh, mate, it took me a long time to get over uh, yeah. how things played out at Fox. That really knocked me around. It was the, it was the, it was a, that job was, uh, was a, was a lifelong dream for me. So I, and I'd worked so hard to get in there. I put in so many shitty hours in there doing like real grinding stuff mm. just to get a chance to work up to, to where I got to. Uh, so that set me on my heels for a fair bit, but then it's, uh, I had the world cup to look forward to with world rugby. So that kind of became the next target. So for that sort of five months or so, I sort of locked myself away and worked on different ways. I could make that coverage memorable. Um, yeah something I could be proud of is probably the best way of putting it. Uh, came back from that and then we got we did, we got hit with, what have we got hit with COVID? So I was doing the seven stuff. Seven stuff wrapped up March, or two-year anniversary now, March 2020 mm. was that last tournament, ironically, in Vancouver as well. So came back and did a lot of shoot shields. So that was, mate, yeah. that was funny. <laughs> the whole shoot shield experience on the broadcast front, front was... Um, it was hilarious because there were more poli- there was more politicking going on, trying to uh, commentate shoot shield than I experienced through the World Cup. It was <laughs> yeah. it was a viper pit, truly. It was a <laughs> viper pit. So I learned how to keep my head on a swivel through that period. But it was nice to uh, reconnect with Club Rugby because obviously that's where I came through, and that's what I, I really do love too. Yeah, yeah. How how early in the in the the scheme of things, did you get an inkling that Channel Nine were going to launch this new streaming product, and that you might be, you might be, you might be a gal of coming I, back? Oh, how did it? How did it work out? That, again, that's um, that's a good one. I, it's, I'd sort of heard rumours and whispers here and there, but initially, remember, initially it was going to be Optus. Yeah. So then everyone went chasing uh, Lou Ransom and started hitting Lou up because. <laughs> Lou uh, is now engaged to the man at the time who was head of sport there, yeah. Richard Bayless. So yeah. Rich Rich was getting all sorts of approaches through Lou. And then this nine thing, I can't even remember who sort of clued me in on it, but it started to gain a little bit more momentum, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to reach out. I'll just see how it goes. Like That's sort of not my style. Yeah. Wait till I get wait till they get the rights. I'm sure others were manoeuvring behind the scenes, but I just sort of let it go. And then I got a call from uh, the director of sport in there, like five minutes after they'd announced the rights. Yeah, right. like, honestly, it was, oh, I still remember where I was. I was at Bunnings in uh, Roma <laughs> and it's like an angel coming through my headset to me. It's Brent Williams, the director of sport at nine, the Wildwater Sports. And uh, he's such a champion. I mean, he is such a champion. So, I uh, got a chance to get in there and, and sit down and have a chat with him. And he sort of outlined what he had in mind. And I said, oh, that sounds that sounds like a bit of fun. And then put the contract to bed uh, the same night as that State of Origin game at yeah, the Adelaide Oval that year. That was the delayed uh, State of Origin. So they're all really uh, fond memories for me because it was so nice to come back to something that I yeah. love so much at home. Yeah. Do you, when, when you get that call... And you get the offer, and then you, are you thinking, don't say too big a number? 
<laughs> just accept what they offer. <laughs> I would have um, don't don't tell him, but I would have done it for free. No, yeah, I, uh, of course you would. <laughs> it's uh, it made it all it it all worked out really well, and uh, they're just such a from the outset. Like Stan and I combined have just been so amazing to work with, and just so inclusive and it's just been it's been remarkable mate I, I love them both and if you know what if if it came to a close uh if it if it ever comes to a close then i would i'd still look back and just be so happy with the time i've been lucky enough to have with both of them because it's it's good stuff rugby on the raw um so shawnee Tell us how much you're looking forward to this weekend's Super Ram down in Melbourne. It's going to be a massive weekend Look, of footy, isn't it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited, but I don't know, fellas. I'm a little nervous around what the crowd turnout's going to be like. Are you yeah. a bit worried? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But I, I sort of think, I, like, I know that the rugby community in Melbourne will will get around it. I know the expats will get around it. So I think it's. If it's good, solid numbers all three days, that'd be that'd be great. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure there's more there's... people than seagulls. More people than seagulls. That's the that's the that's going to be the challenge. <laughs> there is a lot of seagulls down there. Uh, unbelievable amounts, and they're going to be there again on Friday night. So, uh, what have we got? So, Chiefs v who? Oh, Chiefs v good Tars. questions. Yep, Chiefs. I, um, I know, I know. Chiefs Waratahs Moana Pacifica v Force yes. on Friday. Uh, then so that gets that, that gets us moving. Uh, yep. Quick word on each of those uh, Chiefs Tars. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I'm so so impressed with the way the Tars have just turned around this year. Yeah. Some of the handling and lead up to some of their tries this year, Harry. Don't you reckon it's it's like it's like where's what what happened last year? Like yeah. you know yeah. what happened? Same same players, uh, different yeah. coaches. One theory, but I think it's Tane Edmed who is. Uh, Pound for pound, the best ginger tin in the world. Um, <laughs> put him in the back. Put him in the backfield mm. with that crusty guy from the Blues, and you would have like mm. spicy, plum, spicy plum power. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we are we are getting to that point, and I don't know that, it, that they particularly like it, but where we can start almost molding an entire Super Rugby uh, redheaded fifteen, which is exciting stuff. Jimmy Tucker's had a red hot crack at this, and he only had. Well, he's the he's, a he's of the media manager. Oh, he's captain coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you do that Abs- well. The sixty four dollar the sixty four dollar question this weekend is going to be how well the Australian teams fare against the Kiwis. Is it is it something you're worried about, or is this something that you're seeing this year that gives you hope for much better results? You know what? I, what jumped out at me was Harry Wilson's post-game interview last Friday night down there in Melbourne, where he kind of openly admitted that last year their main focus was just Super Rugby AU, yeah, and Super Rugby Trans Tasman was an afterthought, and that kind of started to make a bit of sense when you looked at the draw they had to contend with last year. I think the Brumbies and Reds both had stiff games straight up after that final, and. Yeah a few other bits and pieces, whereas this year um, they've obviously had a, a strong focus on what's to come around the corner. So that gives me hope. And there's just no way, there's no way it can go as pear-shaped as it did last year. There just isn't. The Tars aren't the same team. The Rebels at the start of the year were, but aren't now. 
the other two can look after themselves and the force, you know, they'll scrap in there and have a dig too. So I, uh, I don't worry as much as I did this time last year. Yeah, so for me, um, I'm probably, uh, I'm with Shawnee on the, on the Waratahs. I think the Waratahs is the difference. I don't see the difference from the Rebels and the Force. I think they're going to have trouble even against the Moana Pacifica. Moana Pacifica has played 23, uh, 20, uh, six matches in 23 days. It feels like 23 games. The, yeah, four, of the best, four of the best club teams in the whole world, and they yeah. did not get embarrassed. And, and they are, they're not, uh, they're healthy too. I mean, to me, the Blues have actually have improved. They yeah. the monkeys off the back from Christchurch. I mean, over the last decade, what is the hardest thing to do in rugby? It's to go win away in Christchurch. Yeah. I mean, how hard is that? You ask me, Sean and Brett. It's harder than a Kiwi Shepherd at shearing time. So that's <laughs> that's the toughest thing in rugby. Um, you know, and I, I think you look at Rico Yanni. Sorry, sorry, Brett, we lost you. Rico Yanni, Yanni showed Tom Banks how to actually perform the tackle that he got recorded for. So I think you look at the Blues, the Saders are going to be angry. Uh, Hurricanes are lucky. I would say the Highlanders are the one where I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Highlanders are going to run over anyone in Australia. You still okay? You know, you know, Shorty, how you said you don't have you don't have lines pre-made ready to go. Yeah, that one was that pre-made and ready to go. Yeah, that every oh, week he does. It I pulled to that me. out of my parents every right week. Here. Every week he yeah. does it to me, and I yeah, I have to react the same way. What are you yeah. What are you looking forward to this weekend down in Melbourne? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to that Reds Hurricanes game Saturday night. I think yeah. that will be an absolute ball terror between those two. Uh, I think, and obviously Tars Chiefs as well. I reckon that'll I reckon that'll be close, fellas. I reckon Tars yeah. Chiefs will be close. The the in some ways they kind of play similar. Like you know, Chiefs love to dig in and defend hard, and the Tars showed the other night that they don't mind the same thing against the Force. So I'm look, really looking forward to those two. And the other one that I'm kind of uh, uh, got a bit of pep in my step around as well. Is just watching the Crusaders play against the Rebels at four thirty on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Just to wrap it Sunday all up. Afternoon. Just something to do on a Sunday afternoon ahead of Anzac Day. <laughs> and uh, Tars women against Fijiana should be fun yeah. as well. It's going to be a massive weekend down there for for, for your for your crew. Uh, there'll be a, I mean, there's going to be a, two dozen commentators. There'll be three hundred backroom staff and all that. Um, like what? What's a What's a good weekend of broadcasting on a, on, a, on a weekend like this look like for you guys? What we love is games like we had last Friday night between the Reds and the Rebels where yeah. it goes down to the final play of the game, which it did again the other night. Uh, last year, we were inundated with matches that went till the 78th, 79th minute and a few that went well beyond that. So that's that's the dream result. You, you keep it tight all the way through. You get plenty of tries. That's what keeps us happy. Uh, and that's that's what will keep you know people wanting to continue subscribing and dialing in on free to wear online as well. So that's sort of where we're at. We've got a couple of Kiwi commentators coming that's over. Right. So Tony Johnson, who you both will know very well, yep, is uh, commentating a lot for Great. Sky New Zealand, popping over. Uh, Justin Marshall's coming as well, and I believe one of my all-time favourites. Mills Muriaina oh, is nice. on the plane too, so good. there'll be a good uh, good mix up with those boys in the coverage <laughs> as well, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic weekend, as you mentioned. Chiefs Waratahs and Moana Pacifica Friday night on Saturday is the Super W Grand Final, as we've mentioned there briefly. The Fijiana Indrua against the New South Wales Waratahs, then it's Blues Indrua. 
Hurricanes, Reds, and then on Sunday, Highlanders, Brumbies, Crusaders, Rebels. It's going to be an absolute ripper. Um, mate, just fantastic to to catch up like this. We we don't get we bump into each other at stadiums all the time, but we don't get a chance to talk about this, to talk like this. So thanks so much. It's been so good. Yeah, no, it's been good, you know. And as I as I mentioned to you, mate, I, I listened to your chat the other week with Pato, which I really enjoyed too. I enjoyed your insight, Harry. I enjoyed a lot of your analogies and your metaphors for a number of the players around the world. Um, that was good. I enjoyed that. And obviously I keep a keen eye and a number of us do uh, keep a keen eye on your raw uh, readers and how they see the game as well, because they're, it's, you know, it's unfiltered as you, as you guys would well know. And uh, they bring plenty of the coverage and they and do you know what, just quickly, Brett, one thing that shits me more than anything in, in uh, my job is, being referred to as the voice because I'm not the voice because <laughs> you two are, you two are, your voices of Australian rugby, everyone who puts uh, keyboard strokes down for the raw webpage are all voices as well. So we're, we're a combined and because it's been tough in previous times, if we can uh, get together around it, we don't have to agree on everything, but um, if we get around, get around it and we're talking about rugby, then, well, that's, that's all right in my books. Yeah. Absolutely. Mate, thank, fantastic. Thanks, fantastic to have you on. So much. It's been so good. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. I wanted to say you commentate like a tight head lock, you know, and I like that. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. I'll take it and I'll run. The Roar. Great to talk to Sean Maloney. Don't forget his uh, great podcast and show on Stan Sport between two posts. Uh, he and Andrew Mertens um, with some good banter, good crack every Monday on Stan Sport. So absolutely check that out. Harry, um, good Champions, cha- yeah, good pod. We sort of trade places with them on the chart, so that's fun. Uh, Champions Cup round of 16, second leg uh, was played over the weekend into quarterfinals now in first weekend of May. So that's all set out. So Leicester will play Leinster. Munster will play Toulouse. Harlequins will play uh, La Rochelle. um, And uh, no, Montpellier will play uh, La La Rochelle. I beg your pardon. And uh, Sayer will play... Uh, Racing Metro Montpellier, Montpellier Harlequins. I watched, um, and that was a fantastic game. Montpellier yeah. get through by aggregate sixty to fifty nine, and it all comes down to Marcus Smith's misconversion. Yeah, it is nice to have these two legs. It keeps the. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're longer in it. Each team, the home crowd, actually has something to play for. Uh, and it brings some very nice drama. And their comeback from the Harlequins was incredible. Yeah, they're playing some some great rugby. So uh, the quarterfinals yeah. will be played on the weekend of May 6, 7, and 8. So that's um, going to be worth checking out when it comes. Uh, there was no URC on the weekend. Uh, just going through those Super Rugby Pacific round 10 games in, in, in Melbourne this weekend, the inaugural Super Round. Oh, can't wait for that. Friday night it kicks off with the Chiefs and the Waratahs. Moana Pacifica and the Force on so that's that's Friday night. On Saturday we'll see the Super W Grand Final between the Fijiana Indrua and the New South Wales Waratahs. Then that's followed by the Blues and the Indrua again. The Hurricanes Reds is going to be a cracker on Saturday night, as uh, this Sean Maloney said there before. On Sunday it all wraps up with the Highlanders and Brumbies and the Crusaders and Rebels. A little bit of news around, mate. Um, the Lonigan brothers re-signed with the Brumbies and Australian Rugby through to 2025 uh, early this week, which is great news. On the judiciary front, 
Josh Dixon and Asafa Amoa both got three weeks. Uh, Amoa was cited for his um, his clean out on, I can't remember which player it was on. Scott Barrett got four weeks for his high tackle. Um, and that's all seems about right, I think. Yeah, Brett, so I, to me, Super Rugby is still actually the best comp. Um, I, I Champions League was good, but so many matches in Super Rugby last week finished uh, on a final play. The Highlanders playing against your boys, the Brumbies, is actually the one I'm looking for because the Highlanders are so aggrieved. I mean, they 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 are just getting robbed, as Aaron Smith said, up front in a public uh, press, press conference, which was amazing. But I mean, 20 phases and then a second movement. I mean, 20 phases and a second movement, that's me after Tikka Masala. So I don't, know, I don't know what we can do with these Islanders, but they're coming for you. Uh, but to be serious, you know, every, every match seemed to end in a, some kind of drama. You have Dalton, yeah. the wayward youth minister, handling the, the hallway pounder. It's all coming to a head now where you have Australia and New Zealand finally facing off to see how much you guys improved. Yeah, and we'll uh, find. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't. Yeah, wait. no, I can't. I can't wait either. We'll find out for sure over these next six weeks. We, we definitely will. But that is it for episode eleven of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials, and don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. And check out another week of Super Rugby tipping uh, on Thursday, where for the sixteenth time this season, we're all lucked up at the tub again. The pod is on all the major platforms. So again, like, follow, subscribe, do whatever you need to do to ensure that the new episode drops into your notifications as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones, every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate and the home of all your favourite rugby analysis and opinions. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Cheers, Johnny Maloney, and come play with us.